This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, I'm going to be sharing my story of all things cats. So we'll be right back after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm so excited to share my story of how I fell in love with cats. So just in case you're a dog owner, you still want to pay attention because I'm a firm believer as a veterinarian to be a multi-species household. So let's first talk about cats. Now, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit, I grew up with a cat as a very, very young toddler, but I didn't have my own cat until 1998. That was during my internship at Angel Memorial Animal Hospital in Boston. Now, up to that point, I was very well-schooled on all things feline. I knew about nutrition. I knew about their common medical conditions. I knew that they liked certain types of kitty litter boxes. And I knew what behavioral issues they had. In other words, I learned all this stuff in vet school. But it wasn't until I had my own cat as an adult that I truly understood cats. Now, trust me, I've always been a dog person. And I grew up with dogs. I've had family dogs. but. I will say, I just assumed that most cat owners were typically apartment-dwelling females. It wasn't until I got my own cat. And I wanted to step back a little bit. The first time I actually learned about the innate ability for animals to get it was actually during my fourth year as a veterinary student. Now, I lived with a veterinary roommate, and she had a long-haired gray cat named Crystal. Now, in full disclosure, I will admit, as a criticalist, I'm a really fast walker. And so this cat was super skittish around me. Maybe I walked too loudly or I was always on the Zoom. I was running around. And so as soon as Crystal saw me as a roommate, she always darted away. In fact, I don't think I actually ever touched her while I lived with her for that full year. I would give her the occasional kibble 530 in the morning when she woke us up. But honestly, I wasn't really bonded to Crystal. She was more bonded to my roommate. Well, sadly, I ended up having a pretty traumatic experience as a fourth-year veterinary student while I was at Cornell University. 
I was on rotation on large animal surgery and I had a horse that came in and unfortunately she had something called a colic, which is when they have severe abdominal pain. This horse was pregnant and she had something where she had a septic peritonitis and that's a life-threatening bacterial infection. In other words, her intestines had twisted and eventually ruptured and she ended up needing emergency surgery. Because she was pregnant, unfortunately, the owner of this horse decided not to pursue surgical intervention, and they didn't want to humanely euthanize this horse. Now, I will talk about it in another future episode of ER Vet, but making the decision to euthanize a pet or an animal is a really hard decision. I get it. But I will say a lot of animals don't die peacefully on their own. And unfortunately, despite multiple pleas from multiple clinicians, this horse owner elected to let the horse die on her own. They totally declined euthanasia. And despite the surgeon's pleas to do so, this horse ended up slowly dying. Now, if you guys have ever had a horse or you've ever seen a horse, they are always upright. They're always standing. You hardly ever see a horse lie down. Even when they sleep, most people don't know, they spend 90% of their time standing up and sleeping. This horse was so painful. Unfortunately, she was lying on the ground. And so she was laterally recumbent, just lying down. And she was so painful. We actually used every single pain medication in the entire hospital to make sure that this horse didn't suffer, both from the large animal clinic and the small animal clinic. It was really traumatic for me. I actually had this horse's head in my lap. And I could see her eyes rolling back and she was whinnying. And it was just so traumatic as a vet student to see a horse in so much pain. As she was dying, I was actually sobbing over her with, again, her head in my lap. And my tears were dripping on this horse. She ended up dying a few hours later. But as a blossoming veterinarian, this really broke my heart. I was so traumatized by the event. I went home and when I went home, I was emotionally crushed. I sat on a sofa. I was weeping and crying and just really tear stained from the whole event. And, you know, at that point I had been in the hospital for probably 15, 18 hours. I was crying. I smelled disgusting. I smelled like a barn. I was covered in blood, sweat, and tears. And I plopped on the sofa. And at that moment, Crystal, The gray cat who never came up to me in my life came over and laid on my lap. She never, ever came near me. And for some reason, she knew something was wrong. And again, I had lived with her for over a year and a half. Crystal headbutted me and she just stayed on my lap for hours while I was crying. And trust me, I've cried before sitting on a sofa and she's never done that before. After that, I became a believer. Cats and dogs truly have an innate sixth sense. Crystal probably didn't like me because I was a fast mover, but even Crystal, the cat, knew that something was wrong and she came to comfort me. And that's when I became a cat person. Since then, now I get it. When cat owners say cats know or dogs know, as a veterinarian and a cat and dog owner, I totally get it. Now, during my internship at Angel, I ended up adopting my first adult cat. And this was a six-week-old kitten, and sadly, it was probably an animal abuse case. This kitten came in really neurologic. In fact, it had microscopic back fractures, it had tail fractures, and it had probably some concussive injury to his brain. He was really neurologic, and he presented with a lot of neurologic deficits. He couldn't walk, he couldn't see. 
And I suspect that he was thrown against a wall or stepped on. And this cat ended up being one of my first BFFs. Now, I adopted this cat. And I remember during my veterinary career thinking, gosh, you know, I know we do cat kidney transplants and I know the quality of veterinary medicine is so amazing, but I don't think I'd ever spend $10,000 on a cat. Well, after I adopted this little kitten and named that cat Seamus, I fell in love. And between Seamus and Crystal, it really taught me that cats are so amazing and truly have an innate sixth sense. So in a previous episode of ER Vet, I did talk about how to pick the right pet and whether or not you have a dog or if you have a cat, it's a great episode to listen to because a lot of people out there who've never had cat exposure, they just innately say, oh, I don't like cats, but they've never truly been exposed to them. I'm going to encourage you, if you're not allergic, to consider fostering one. Why? Well, my husband. He grew up on a farm, a tiny farm in a small town in Minnesota, and he was never a cat person. In fact, they didn't like having cats at the barn or at the farm that he lived on. And it wasn't until he met Seamus and my other cat that he fell in love with cats. Part of it is just lack of exposure. A lot of guys, not to stereotype, haven't been exposed to cats, so they don't understand how amazing they are, what great companions they are, and how they have that crazy sixth sense. Now, I already mentioned I'm a dog person and I'm a cat person. The current cat that I have is so amazing and so affectionate. Plus, she's amazing with my toddler that I am borderline more of a cat person now. It's kind of crazy. I never would have thought that. So if you're thinking about getting a cat and you're thinking about adding them to a dog household, you definitely want to check out those previous episodes because I do talk about how to introduce a new cat to your household and how to pick the right pet for your family. So you definitely want to check out those previous episodes. Now, as a veterinarian and cat owner, I will usually say that I prefer to have one dog and two cats. Now, some people are huge advocates of adopting or purchasing two kittens from the same litter, so they have an automatic playmate. Personally, it's a decision that you have to decide. Now, there's pros and cons of it. They will definitely have a play buddy, but keep in mind, they're not going to be quite as bonded to you because they're more bonded to each other. So it's a total personal decision. I will also say as a veterinarian and an animal lover, I know that adult older cats have a harder time getting adopted from shelters. Everybody wants a kitten. So the kittens are really quickly adopted from shelters. But unfortunately, some of the older cats are there for years. So I personally am a huge fan of adopting older cats. Plus, you get amazing pet karma from this veterinarian. I will also say lifestyle-wise, I am not ready for a kitten. If you don't know, kittens are very, very playful and they like to bite and they like to attack and they like to play and they're nocturnal and they like to climb up your curtain shades. So I always say there's pros and cons of adopting kittens versus adult pets. When in doubt, talk to your veterinarian, talk to an animal behaviorist or talk to an animal rescuer of whether or not you should adopt two kittens at the same time. I will say my cutoff for cats is typically five to six cats. Now, I know all you people out there who have more than six cats are probably sending me hate mail right now, but I'm going to say it is scientifically proven by veterinary behaviorists that there are more behavioral problems like cats not getting along or inappropriate urination and defecation outside of the litter box or more fighting with the more cats that you have. So again, for me, 
I'm a huge advocate of having less than five to six cats. I usually have two just based on my lifestyle, but ultimately there are some things you can do to set up your household for success with a multi-cat household. Now it always helps to adopt cats when they're younger. A 15 year old cat who's living in that house by themselves for the past 15 years, they don't want a new kitten. Okay. So when in doubt, keep in mind that siblings, in other words, kittens from the same litter are typically more likely to get along, along with cats that are introduced at younger ages. So whether or not you have one cat or two cats or six cats, ideally you want to have less than six cats. Now to all that people who are great, good Samaritans out there, they'll adopt a cat and then they take that cat off the street and they find out that she's pregnant. And all of a sudden they have eight cats. And trust me, it's hard to find homes for extra kittens. And before you know it, now you have 20 cats. So I see this all the time. In fact, it can quickly spiral out of control. So you always wanna work with your veterinarian or you wanna work with a local animal rescue group to help you get those kittens spayed and neutered as soon as you can. The general rule is you wanna fix felines by five. So lots of Fs, but it's designed to help you remember, we wanna spay and neuter kittens before or around the time of five months of age. The reason why is most people don't think, but some six to seven month old kittens can have litters already. And we really wanna reduce the risk of pet overpopulation because we never wanna see a kitten or a dog or an extra pet euthanized because they couldn't find a home. We'll continue with this really important topic right after these messages from our sponsors. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy, and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we've been talking about cats and how I'm a cat person, and it's partly because of my previous experience with cats 20 plus years ago. Now, I love having one to two cats in a household, and ideally, I prefer to have two, so they always have a companion. I talked about, as a veterinarian, how I usually have one dog and two cats. Now, if you're going to adopt or purchase a cat, please make sure you do your research. 
There are a lot of bad breeders out there and there are some amazing breeders. So you always want to do your research. You always want to check with your veterinarian. And if you are thinking about adopting one, please consider adopting an adult cat over a kitten. If you do have a cat or you have a kitten at home, please make sure that they're spayed and neutered by five months of age because they can end up having a lot of litters. So we really want to help prevent pet overpopulation. All right. The next part I wanted to talk about how to keep your cat healthy. Let me share a little anecdotal story. I had a Facebook friend who was a high school acquaintance and she pinged me on Facebook Messenger and she said, oh, my 19-year-old cat has profound vomiting and diarrhea and is really sick. Well, it turns out that she was fostering a kitten for local animal rescue. And unfortunately, her 19-year-old cat that lived in a high rise in New York City had not been to a vet in 18 years. And unfortunately, that cat had no protection to something called panleukopenia. Panleukopenia is a virus that can cause really severe bloody vomiting and bloody diarrhea. It can suppress the bone marrow. And before vaccines were invented, cats and kittens died of this disease. Thankfully, the vaccine is like 99% plus effective. Unfortunately, this 19-year-old cat ended up having to be hospitalized for days. And it's because a little kitten that she was fostering had panleukopenia. So what's the gist of it? Cats are low maintenance, and that's why I love them. I prefer to keep them indoors. I prefer to make sure I've set up an appropriate environment for them. My general rule is N plus one litter boxes. So you should have N plus one. So if you have one cat, you should have two litter boxes. You should use clumping litter that you scoop every day. You should have a water bowl that you clean frequently every few days. And it should be an area away from the litter box because you don't drink or eat near your toilet. You should make sure that the litter box isn't placed in a room that has random sounds coming on, like the water heater turning on or a HEPA filter turning on in the middle of the night because that can scare the bejesus out of your cats. And you want to make sure to have a window perch or some kind of cat tree that they can use to claw at. Now, that's the perfect scenario to provide appropriate environmental enrichment. Why am I talking about this? Because you want to make sure your cat is in a good environment. And I'm going to recommend that you go to the Ohio State University Environmental Enrichment page for cats. And they actually have a page for dogs too. So why are we talking about this? Part of making sure that we're taking care of our pets, whether or not it's a cat or dog, is to make sure that they're safe, to make sure they have the right environmental enrichment, the right environmental setup for that pet. Again, for cats, it's going to be N plus one litter boxes, clean water, making sure they're on a good diet, and ideally keeping them indoors. Now, the last part I wanted to talk about is preventative care. You know that 19-year-old cat who lived in the high rise? That cat hadn't been to a veterinarian in 18 years. And believe it or not, just because you get a cat doesn't mean you don't have to take it to a vet when you keep it indoors. You still have to go to the veterinarian. I'm a firm believer in an annual examination. That means every single year, just like you do that. 
You go in every single year for a blood pressure. You might get blood work once in a while, but you're there for physical exam. And of course, I'm going to say veterinarians are much better than medical doctors at physical exam because we're feeling for thyroid glands. We're doing a full oral exam. We're sculpting the heart, the lungs. We're palpating the kidneys. We're palpating the bladder. We're doing a full assessment of your cat or your dog. Keep in mind that in the beginning of a pet's life, they're going to need more vaccines. One vaccine every three to four weeks until they're 14 to 16 weeks of age. They legally need their rabies vaccine at or above 14 weeks of age too. And that's because if they ever bite anybody, they're not quarantined or rarely euthanized depending on the state law. So again, if you have an indoor cat, that cat still needs preventative care. Now, here's what I normally do for my own pet. By 10 years of age, your cat is really well protected. In fact, what I do is I go through the full kitten vaccine series. So again, one vaccine every three to four weeks when they're about six weeks of age. Once they're 14 weeks of age, I do the rabies. And by that point, they're very well protected. I still recommend an annual exam. And then after the first year, I bump their vaccine schedule to every two to three years, depending on the state law for rabies. Now, as your cat gets older, instead of doing vaccines, I still advocate for an annual exam, but now I recommend blood work instead. My general rule is do what your veterinarian does. What I do for my own dog and cat is I do an annual exam. And in fact, once my cat or my dog is over seven years of age, I do annual blood work. And that's because in the ER vet, I'm seeing dogs and cats come in with life-threatening diabetes or kidney failure or thyroid problems or cancer. And I want to make sure I can pick up on that as soon as possible, because the sooner you diagnose a problem, the sooner we can treat it and the better the prognosis. So when in doubt, Keep in mind, we want you as veterinarians to keep your cat or your dog as healthy as possible. Well, there you have it. You know I'm a cat person. Thanks to Crystal, my roommate's cat, and my first cat, Seamus. They schooled me on all things cat. And since then, I'm a huge cat person. I want you to be able to keep your cat as healthy as possible. So make sure to provide appropriate environmental enrichment. Make sure that they have good preventative care because I guarantee you they're going to live with you for the next 15 to 20 years and they're going to pay it back with lots of purring and love. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com or on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee. You can email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. Again, if you have more than six cats, please don't send me any hate mail to that email address. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.